This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, and we're back <laughs> hey, 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 hey. with your host, Tiny Joe. Tiny Joe, say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we are back with episode number 26 of the Corridor Cast. It's good to be here. That was a hell of an intro. <laughs> I am your host. <laughs> and I'm here with guests. <laughs> okay, our real names, though. Our real names. For real, for real. Yeah, yeah. No, let's, Sam, let's, 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 I'm let's, Ren. Let's, should we re-intro this so we don't uh, murder people's eardrums? No, no, this I is don't think part. so. I think, people, I think people like to have their eardrums destroyed. <laughs> it's it's a... Which one of these not It's like a detox out? for your ears. Uh, I'm Jake. Uh, what's your name? Sam. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. It's, it's Jake, Sam. Ren. What's your name? Uh, What's your name? (laughs) Clinton Edwards Zorkon 12. Uh, So that's who's on the podcast today. Clinton Jorbis. If you guys are uh, listening only... And uh, we've confused if you're so listening many people. Only, you cannot hear the sound of the waves <laughs> emanating from Jake and mine Hawaiian oh, T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. And I can assure you that while we look the same, our opinions will be different. Yeah, today. we have different brains. Yeah, uh, what's up with these T-shirts? Well, actually, let's just not talk about funny them. You should, okay, yeah. just, we're just gonna like, funny you let it blow over. Okay. Because today's sponsor is not the Corridor Digital Merch Store. It's Plug In Everything. That's right, guys. We're going to tell you more about them later. But for now, let's jump into our first topic. Okay. The Boston Dynamics video. Speaking of plugins. So recently we released a video called Boss. I don't even know what it's called. Boston Dynamics Robots Fight Back. Yes. Um, New Robot Fights Back. It was was a viral hit. It blew up over the weekend. Yeah. and a lot of people saw it. A lot of news articles were written about it, and it was a big deal for us. So we're going to talk about that a little bit here. Fascinating yeah. experience. So yeah. Like, <laughs> me and Jake, what was it? We were in Portland. We were walking down. Well, let's go all the way back. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's roll this all the way back. What's the inception <laughs> of this idea? sound effect episode. So uh, yeah. here's the, the true <laughs> in, it, inception. is uh, Basically, we had been talking with this company, XNs, who makes the motion capture suit. Uh, they were like, you want to mess with this? You want to get it on loan? I said, yes, yes, yes. And then basically we had it in the studio. We played with it. We figured it out. You guys made the Transformers piece. 
And after seeing how that turned out and how cool it looked, we all kind of put our heads together. And I specifically remember you, Jake. You were like, you're like, this is so cool. We have to do something else with it before we give it back. And we're like, yeah, we yeah, we definitely have to do that. And we put our heads together. We came up with a few ideas that we shot down, but then in a stroke of genius, Clint was like, "What if?" It was me and Jake in Portland, and what we were if? like, we were like, just riffing on the porch, you know, as you do. Yeah. And we were like, "Yo, Boston Dynamics meets the XN suit, and it's the scientists beating up the robot." Because well, we, we had a few other ideas before that. Yeah, because there, well, there's the Amazon warehouse one. Yeah, right? that, was, that was the one that I remember thinking, "All right, this is a solid <laughs> idea." The idea being that, like, an Amazon robot is taking over our jobs. Because they, um, they, Sam, Sam pulled up that article. It was like a new. You know, it's like an Amazon robot that fires people. Basically, yeah. an algorithm that will fire people. So we're going to literalize that. <laughs> yeah. Have a robot just like this Boston Dynamics guy ro- rolling around firing people. Yeah. So but, funny, but yeah, it didn't have that magic touch to it. Yeah. Right. yeah it was just yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff needed to come together to shoot it. But yeah, this this one kind of clicked, and it's funny because it was just like a parody at first. But who knew what it would blow up and become? It's just, it's and just, then, yeah. well, and then after the Amazon video, we went to Geriatric Transformers. Oh yeah, I forgot about <laughs> Geriatric Transformers. <laughs> Which I don't know. Maybe that's more of a fun idea to talk about than it is to see. I, like like but, Oldsmobiles, yeah, and the Oldsmobiles uh, <laughs> Transformers, and like uh, Model Model T. Yeah, that one. We had a good time riffing on that. But then you know, nothing n- nothing felt quite right on those ideas until. And and Clint, we were just walking down the street, and you're like, "Well, we could always go back to the Boston Dynamics idea." Mm. And I'm like, "What? What do you mean go back to it? Where did this come from? <laughs> this is a, this is the perfect iteration of this concept." Yeah. So I think the one thing is is that we didn't actually set out to fool people with this. No. Well, yeah. like, I mean, kind of, but the, not really. That was well, we that set out to like, make the most interesting, accurate parody. Yes. Of Boston Dynamics that we could. Yeah. As yeah. a side effect, it was try to make it as realistic looking as possible, but we didn't specifically set out with the goal of tricking people into thinking they were watching, mainly because we didn't think that was an achievable goal. Exactly. Yeah, we're yeah. looking at it and going, this is awesome. It's icy hot. It looks 100% believable. But in this day and age, who, I don't know, who sees a video on the internet and believes it? I guess actually the answer is actually everyone. But... <laughs> Well, I, I think that mem- we're optimists. <laughs> we were talking about how, like, the difference between people watching it on uh, the Corridor channel versus people who saw just the snippet on Twitter or, or uh, Instagram. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they didn't see the full video where we had, like, hey, we're selling shirts, too, and, like, it's just me goofing off in a green screen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. To clarify that, basically what had happened is that, for our, for everyone listening and watching it who don't know, the, uh, our video ended up getting ripped pretty much immediately and re-uploaded to every different media platform mainly mainly platforms meme platforms you know like aggregates yeah but mainly mainly twitter was the main place where the views started taking off there was one video that ended up with like 17 million views in two days and Mm -hmm. several other videos with multiple millions of views all on twitter from different users re-uploading the video and so when in the process of re-uploading it they chop out the whole part at the end where it's like hey you know, check out our merchandise where it's like obviously the illusion is broken at this point. So without any of that, people are just scrolling through Twitter and they see this robot getting abused and then the video ends and you're like, dang. It went crazy. That, and the, you're like, okay, that 
Boston Dynamics is up to some shady stuff these days. Yeah. All right, see, next tweet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've seen even, I think the most effective cut down was uh, the one that starts in the middle of the test. Like, there's no one walking into the building. It's just, boom, robots being tested. And some of them that ended before it actually goes rogue. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because of Twitter's, uh, like, video, like, limit, some of them were, were, were trimmed to be... Um, the one woman is, yeah, two yeah. minutes and 20 seconds on Twitter. So uh, I found that really interesting because what that started to do is create this weird illusion uh, that this could actually be a real video. Mm-hmm. And no and, and and no one read the text in the bottom. We, the we argued about this for so long. It was like, do we write Boston Dynamics or do we not do this? And then obviously the, there was this, you know, you, you were very clear, Jake. It was like, it, we could always change the title if we write Boston Dynamics there, but he cannot do it if it's baked in the video. So we ended up going Boss Town Dynamics. Yet, no one read it anyways. So it right. didn't matter. Because gl- their eyes glaze <laughs> over. They see B-O-S-T-O-N. Yeah. Well, they're they're not, they're just, yeah. like, you can't even read. I feel like our brains are so trained to just like ignore like watermarks and logos and stuff like that. Just like, oh, you just don't even think about it. Especially if you're already familiar with Boston Dynamics. Because you're also staring at a robot getting kicked and shot in the face with a gun and stuff like that. So it's like you don't even look at it. But other people, it's the first thing they see. Mm-hmm. Like I showed a friend, she was like, Boss Town Dynamics. I was like, that was literally the first thing you saw. The one <laughs> guy, who, though, who was like, uh, I know this wasn't real because uh, you guys have California plates. And obviously, you're not in Boston. <laughs> that was funny. I, liked, I saw that one, too, yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa, yeah. this guy aced it. And, and then there was the people who were like, oh, obviously, this is staged. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that one post you shared is so funny. It's like, obviously, this was staged. And it's like, no, it's all CG. It's like, what? <laughs> no, it wasn't even, it was like, I already knew this was fake, but that fake? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't even in just like, what? It was like, I don't think you're right. I'm pretty sure it's not CGI in that they only staged it. Yeah, it's like, it was, no, they just got their old, the old robot out of the closet to do some training <laughs> simulations. Dude, what, what, what? Someone, yeah. someone sent me a message on Instagram that was like, and I, I, they had to have been trolling me, but they, it was like this one guy, it was like CEO of Megacorp Industries. And like, hi, I'm an arms dealer and I would like to uh, purchase this robot that you use. I would like the. You know, the statistics and whatnot, um, because we were looking into something like this for the future. Thank you. Goodbye. And I like... (laughs) He said he was an arms dealer. Can you find this again so we can look at this? So here's the thing. Because that is incredible. It sounds like an absolute joke. Until you go to his profile (laughs) and check it out, and you're all of a sudden kind of like hesitating, like, wait a minute. Is he like actually serious? Because he actually has a bunch of posts that are like... I don't know if we want to call it out, but... I I don't think we should call it out. I just want to read it. I don't 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 read the exact name of the guy because yeah, but but uh, I'm really curious because that's that's that is fascinating. But I'm like you you went to a filmmaker's Instagram page. It should be incredibly obvious just by judging at the other eight posts surrounding the one. I don't Boston, know. I don't you know. know. Some it's, people are see, so I business think this oriented. Is, this is uh, is this a sign of the times, guys? Because you you you, you take something that. You, like, think about all the layers going on here. It's like, okay, you've got Corridor Digital. We're a little studio here in LA. We make like high-end concept videos. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got this great motion capture suit, which is this really sort of cutting-edge technology in the way that it functioned and allowed us as a small independent studio to access that technology and take yeah. advantage of mm-hmm. it. Right, which isn't <sighs> something that traditionally it's always only been like big movie studios or big game studios, right? Because okay, 
the equipment is expensive. Why didn't you right. follow up so, with that? So Clint? that's that's tier one. Can. Right? That's tier one. And then tier two is let me know. You take that. all this experience. Get more the regular audience that we have, the uh, experience we have making these videos, and we post it onto our primary social media platform, Corridor Digital on YouTube. YouTube, yeah. And it gets this initial amount of, green screen of hits and views. And then obviously people with these so that's tier two. We post it on a platform that has followers. And then people that have meme compilation platforms, like on Facebook and Instagram, oh, there's all these meme profiles. Tier three, they take that, they chop it up, right? They don't you don't you take it out of context, you reduce the resolution of it so it you know, and you put it on onto like a Twitter post. So you go from like this 4K upload. I don't know if it was 4K or not. It was, it was yeah, 4K, 4K yeah. down to like 720. Then cut out, cut the heads and tails on it. Do just like 60 seconds or two minutes. Upload that back onto Twitter. Condenses it even further. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's the photocopy effect where yeah. it's like you're photocopying a photocopy because you're downloading an H.264 video, right. re-uploading it. It gets reprocessed. Then other people are downloading that one. Right. How many people were downloading the one Russian Twitter video as opposed to our YouTube video. That's what I'm saying. They're probably all downloading that one, so it's, everything's just been like. And so now there's with... no context. the co- The concept is still there, like right, like the initial artistic concept that we went for is still there. But now there's no context. You're photocopying the work, and now it's like, is this real? Where did this come from? Well, Where is this? And I think that's the, the interesting element here. It's it's we're kind of I, the nature of virality has changed since we started YouTube. Um, Whereas previously, the nature of virality was simply sharing the content directly from the source. Like, there was certainly re-uploads from time to time. But I'd say, like, the true original virality was you create a YouTube video, and then you have a direct link to it because it's easier to share a URL than just straight up download a video and re-upload it on your own Yeah, platform. my email chains. That you was know? the original viral. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, you have Facebook. You like post a YouTube baby. link on Facebook or you put a YouTube link on Twitter or something like that, but but it's crazy watching this go viral because the last video that truly went viral for us was the real GTA video. I'm yeah. pretty sure. And um, Nico would make an argument for Nerf John Wick, but I don't think that's nearly the same sort of caliber as no, like real GTA. I was totally. I mean, real GTA is still the most views in one day we've ever gotten on a video. That's crazy. Yeah. But but um, but it's it's really interesting because the thing is is it, there's like a um, it's kind of like a little paradox or like cat 22 kind of situation going on here where it's like we don't want people re-uploading and profiting off of our content but without that people can't share it across platforms and it can't go viral Mm -hmm. you know because yeah because those other media platforms literally uh suppress outside links facebook i know for a fact does this if you share a a youtube video on facebook it's not going to get the same shareability. Whereas if yeah. you just directly upload to Facebook, it's you're you're set. It's because they're not profiting. They're 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 taking people out of their site. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, I think on Twitter, you can when you throw a YouTube link on there, it still embeds and it still plays even on a mobile app. So it's not like. But it doesn't autoplay in the tweet itself, and that's the key difference. I guess that is the key difference. But you know, it's so they're always prioritizing their own content over external links. So without <sighs> without trying, I think we. We introduced not not without trying, without effort, but without trying to do this end. We've 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 found ourselves in a position where we we caught a little bit of of light being shed into what it's like to like create fake news and 
all these other kinds of things that are a little bit more sinister with social media. Yeah. Um, because you can very easily see how you can go from like a viral video made by a regular studio, regular guys just like us, to somebody being like, hey, I'm going to incept this story or this idea into the universe. Yeah. And with like malicious intent. Yeah, with malicious intent, understanding that this is how things work. You know, someone takes it, they re-upload, you photocopy effect, you yeah. re-upload it to these different platforms. There's not enough context. You don't understand what it is. You don't understand where the source material came from. And now all of a sudden there's there's a piece of yeah. information out there. But I, th I think, yeah, and, and it's funny because for me, like, we make the video, we put a lot of work into it. When I see it re-uploaded uh, on someone else's page, when they don't credit us and they're profiting off of it in some form or another, um, the only, the only, like satisfaction i get when i see that is knowing that i tricked people into thinking that a robot <laughs> has come to life and it's fighting back yeah. and they legit got freaked out and like i i take like it's so much satisfaction like i love freaking people the out like that. that i love hiding CNN. in a closet all day and someone hops in the room and i'm like, <laughs> like same feeling the fact that like cnn had to make an entire article clarifying to exactly. millions of people that no this video is fake Relax, exactly. it's okay. Yeah. Which makes me like kind of feel a little bit better that like if 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 we really tried to fake people out, right? Yeah. Like, well, it got caught on day three. Maybe even day one or two, there was there was other sites saying it's fake before CNN, right? Yeah. But oh, yeah. what, what yeah. if we put it out without the ending where we were like selling shirts? What if we put it out without any context and maybe even minus the shot where it's getting shot in the face? Like would people just be like, this is real, this is real, this is real? Or would there just be, still people would be like, zoom in. You can clearly see here that it's not real, blah, blah, blah. You have to take a few more steps than that. But mm -hmm. like to just to just take that and extrapolate it. Like if we were if we were a fake news organization, we had some agenda, we were hired by somebody to be like, yeah. hey, put this out into, you know, some backdoor alley, like briefcase deal. Like, okay, so you, you put it on, first of all, put it on Facebook and that's the first place, right? And mm -hmm. then Twitter and, and Instagram and, and do it from a profile that create a few posts beforehand. So like the throwaway profile, yeah, yeah. throwaway profile so that the uh, pr platform thinks that you're a legitimate profile and then you put something like this out there. And I mean, yeah, it goes back to our intent. Spread, the fact that like done. trying to fool people wasn't our number one intent. It was like second or third in the list of things. Like number one was like, we're just trying to make a, a fun video. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, Something funny, yeah. And two is, like, just try to maintain a caliber of quality that we've always tried to do, which is just try to make it look good. And a side effect of that is when it looks good enough, it actually looks real, and you can start fooling people. But trying specifically to fool people wasn't our... I mean, we have boss town dynamics in the frame of every single shot. If we were actually trying to fool people, we would have just said Boston. Right. Yeah. yeah. Next time. Next time. <laughs> Next time. No. Next time we say corridordigital.com slash store. Yeah, no. So, so it's, it's been really interesting seeing that blow up. I mean, like, Wiz Khalifa saw it. Uh, Stephen Fry was straight up fooled by it. it and it, it's like, I feel like anyone who actually sees the video f and, and tries to figure out if it's fake or not will be able to conclude pretty easily and quickly that it's not a real video. Yeah. The people we're fooling are the ones who didn't put any effort into discerning it. Like, they're just like, they just see it on their Twitter timeline or Facebook uh, feed and they scroll by and they just there's an inherent trust that what you're seeing as a video is real right Dude, that's the craziest part because like people you know i mean i do it too i'll i'll just read a headline and be like oh that sucks and then i'll keep going you know i don't read the full thing if i don't care that much but i read the headline I'm like oh 
interesting. You know, I yeah. think now I know that it's like I, I'm not gonna just judge the book by its cover. Yeah, and believe it. Dude, this conversation though is just leading me to like what we have to do for the next one. It's kind of. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not even gonna say what it is, but we've talked about it already, dude. Are you saying you want to try to make this as realistic? We should and not do that. Full proof as possible. I'm in. Because I'm, I'm in. Firearms there. training, indoor, outdoor. Oh. Yeah, like a kill house, you know, with like little yes. walls, and he's having yes. it walks the through robot, with like a pistol yes. and tries to shoot targets. And then you, like put, it, you put it through house. the like three gun. We can't thing. even talk yeah. about like, this. I know someone's gonna do it. I know we've already shot it. That's right, we have. It's, it's already, already uploaded. Done. It's part of set yeah. to private. <laughs> Delete that clip. <laughs> set gets scheduled. <laughs> um, Sam. I want to hear about the sound design process on this video because the, the behind-the-scenes <laughs> talks a lot about the visual breakdown between Clint and I, but you did a lot of work on sound design. Yes, and I think that helped fool people quite a bit because I, I, I tried to keep it like really rich and like meaty, I guess, but still keep it very bare bones because uh, I started by doing a pass of like funny sci-fi gizmo gadget servo sounds yeah. and that helps like accentuate things and bring like a little bit of like a emotion to it i guess because because basically i would go through all the key moments where it turns or does a sharp movement or something like that and, and i put specific sounds in for that so it's like constantly i guess it's like ear ear candy you know what i mean where you're just like you know and it, so it sounds sounds really cool but that wasn't what made it sound realistic and what i did to make it sound realistic is I literally just took parts that were metallic or like metal beams and rods, things like that. And I went back to the loading dock where we filmed it and just got raw foley of just like shit, like hitting the <laughs> ground, like all the footsteps, all that stuff. And I mm. did it in the same exact space that the scene was filmed. Yeah. So that way it sounded exactly like it was happening in front of us so mm -hmm. all the metal clanking because you're mixing like that. that sound with the actual real sound that was captured of us like shuffling yeah. around the ground actually hitting exactly Clint over the back with the cocky stick yeah and so having all that spatial like reverb and all that stuff match exactly makes it just very convincing um, well i remember and yeah. at least initially uh one of your first or second passes of sound design where it's like everything was basically there i, f I felt it was still a little too sci-fi because i remember like there was some sound effects that sound like straight out of the Transformers movies like that. There's there's a very unique like electrical mechanical sound. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> so you had some of that in there and it was like every time yeah. I heard I was like this is just breaking the illusion for me. It just sounds yep. like that little friggin mini robot from the second well, Transformers like movie. Produced, you know, yeah. it yeah, produced. Yeah, produced, exactly. And, and that was but that at first some pass. point yeah. after that in the final upload you, you did something differently because I remember listening to the final thing and being like that's that sounds so real. That sounds so real. <laughs> That's great. And I didn't have a chance to tell you that. Thank you. Well, I, I, the key to making it sound like real at that last stage, like getting that fake Transformers element, was basically taking all those produced sounds I had and making them about half as loud as everything else in the scene. Like each mm -hmm. time a, a box is dropped or smacked or the robot's hit or a footstep, like the impacts in the scene are are loud and everything else like. If you had a robot like that in in, in the scene, it's not going to be just like, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to be that loud, so to speak. So I made sure to keep it as subtle as possible and let just like the footsteps, like that. Yeah, <laughs> make the impacts actually hit and re reverberate. Well, plus them. you also yeah. used my uh, my drone for some of it. And then that was the the little key. Yeah, yeah the, the, you used like the little startup beep. There's well, a very yeah, unique startup yeah, yeah. beep when you plug in. Oh, it's like, yeah, exactly. So I took that, chopped it up. 
messed with the pitch so that it didn't seem like it was the drone startup sound and Dude. just did like little beep responses. And we tried actually doing a thing where it's like I actually would like try to like move the motors around and have it like do things in correlation yeah. with the, the video but was it like there's a dog barking or an well, airplane or something like two that? Two things. Just, like it didn't work? One, uh, it was, it was, it ended up being like really subtle actually. It didn't have like the the size it felt too small uh-huh. but then the, yeah the second part was that the high-pitched whine of the servos made the dog that was like above us and like the loft above us start barking so there's just this woof sound <laughs> that just i couldn't do I, I just couldn't clean it up it's just like, it's just like, woof. Dude, my favorite thing woof. that you did in the sound design woof. sam was uh the end went right before i kick right in the nuts um this the sound you put it was like Oh. oh, yeah, oh, yeah it was the beeps. It was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was amazing. Have it, yeah, it's, you basically have to make it talk by like doing musical notes or something like that. Yeah, that's what I that's what I made. Uh, but you, you so you mentioned like kicking me in the nuts. That was that was an interesting solution that we had on set. So initially, you're like, all right, I'm just gonna try to kick you in the nuts, but not actually kick you. I'm just gonna get really, really close. You have to trust me. And like you did one test kick, and I was like, hell no, yeah. I can't, I can't handle this. I was like, you just you may have been like maybe a foot away, but it was still too much to just mess with my house. Like <laughs> the, the shock wave on his, of his I can't foot. Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Ripple. Your crotch, and you're like way too close. <laughs> so what? What you did, and you can see this in the the side by side comparison videos, that you just you did the full kick with your thigh, but you didn't extend your knee. And then when you did the same thing to to Jake behind you, you did a full on kick, but you didn't fully extend your leg because we can actually go through and animate that leg to be extended. CG because we shot. have that control. Mm-hmm. We we can do it. We have that ability. You did it, and you did it really quickly and easily too. No man, mm-hmm. must yeah. be hit on the nuts again. Hey guys, before we jump into our next topic, which is going to be about deepfakes, that's right, uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit about today's sponsor. That's right, Plug In Everything. Plug In Everything has a bunch of awesome After Effects plugins. Now, we use them over here. They've also been used by companies all over the world, including Google and Warner Brothers. One that they wanted us to tell you about today is Deep Glow. Deep Glow takes your organic lighting from your uh, footage and it makes it way, way, way cooler. Um, it's for After Effects, so if you guys are looking to do um, anything in that program, consider Plugin Everything. Uh, there's a link in the description below. You can also go to PluginEverything.com and peruse, have a good time. And I think after this, Ren's going to tell us about one called Coffee Break, which apparently can extend your render times. Um, more on that later. But anyways, uh, huge thanks to Plugin Everything, guys. Go and check them out. Link in the description. Uh, now, back to the next topic. Hey, hey and we're back. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Your host, Little Baby Joe. Say hi, Little Baby Joe. <laughs> so that was, that was the plug in everything part? Well, they already know that. Okay, I mean, right, right, but I know it now, too. So did you talk about the coffee break uh, tell plugins. Them about that. Okay. Crazy. Tell so there's this. About, w- oh yeah. This is the, this is the weirdest plugin ever. So they have a whole list of plugins, but there's this one effect that is called extended coffee break, and it, it it's an effect that you apply when it comes to rendering that will actually slow down your computer. So instead of like a five minute render, it'll take half an hour. So. As it's rendering, you know, typically like, oh, my computer's rendering. I can't do anything about it. It's, you know, oh, it's, we got to play a game of Smash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like you can actually now delay that if you want to. It's that, it's it's kind of messed up. It's shady and it's malicious. It's like 12, 12, 12 frames and it's like, hey, you want to get some Korean barbecue? This 12 hey, frames. Man, you got this really 12 frames. But real, if, that's, 8K. if you hate your job rendering <laughs> for whatever reason and 
you want to like extend that out so that you can take a, an extended lunch break. That is an effect that you can do. Boss, I can't work anymore. My, I'm rendering, huh? All right. <laughs> the damn computer's to too now. slow. So anyway, we already told you guys where to get it. Plug in everything. Yeah. They're great. Yeah, if you want um, your boss to buy you a fast new computer, just use that plug in every day. <laughs> <laughs> he buys you this. Buys you a $20,000 machine. Yeah. Gets you one of those Pugets, those 12 core Pugets with 17 graphics GP, GPUs. 18,000 cores. Like, what else do I have to do? I bought you the best computer money to buy, and your renders are still taking hours. <laughs> you. It's about that sharpness inflection at the end. That, that anger, like sharp anger inflection. And your renders are still taking hours. Hours! <laughs> if I could fire you, I would. But your specialized skill set keeps you in this office. Too, too unique. To okay, be... anyways. anyways. Okay, so anyway, we talked talk. in the previous, previous topic, we were talking about how the Boston Dynamics video led to this realism that we didn't think it would happen. And, um, and just to link up our next topic... Deep fakes, depth faking. Um, the 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 twenty six. Just I'm going to bring in a couple world events here. Okay, cultural zeitgeist events. The twenty sixteen presidential election in the United States of America was fraught with all these uh, stories and conditions of fake news. And then later it came out, and the Congressional Intelligence Committee and multiple other sources of highest authority have have stated and admitted. Look, there were. Hundreds, if not thousands, of stories introduced on social media to affect um, public opinion. Now, with deep fakes, right? Right now, it's 2019. We have an election coming up next year. Okay, D- there's already been some deep faking um, recently with really? one with yeah with Nancy Pelosi. What? That that wasn't a deep fake though. Sorry, it wasn't a deep fake, but it, it was. I don't, just, even, I don't know the clip you're talking about. It, it was a it was a thing where somebody had f- basically made her say something she didn't say. Crazy. And for about eight hours or so, we should it watch. Was a, it was a should, story. We should watch the clip because I th- I heard it was something. different. Did you watch the clip? No, I did not. We I should, read about it in a news okay. article after. I would. I might either we watch it or I would maybe put that one on the side. To be totally honest, I think he just literally slowed the video down. Um, oh yeah, no. Well, I saw either, that. either way, like okay. that is just a is just sort of a, 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 just a stepping stone to sure. what I'm really getting to, which sure. is like, are deep fakes going to be good enough next year to actually affect like people's opinion to fake people out? I think so. Here's the thing. I know you're going to bring Nico in here to talk about more deep fakes because out of everyone here at the studio, he's the biggest pro on it. But like, he just gave us this whole like hour long tutorial on how to do deep fakes, mm-hmm. and now I know each one of us can do it. Like, it's not a hard skill to learn. And that's what's scary is that, like, right. it's, it's low barrier to entry. All it, like, literally, you just download this free folder of files, and you once you learn how to, like, use which file, suddenly you can now do deep fakes. You don't have to know how to do After Effects. Well, or I'll, you have to have that. a computer I'll with a good honest, graphics card. Yeah, computer, so, yeah. So, I, so I think deep fakes in the realm of, like, personal attacks and, like, that kind of scandal stuff, like someone being, you know, having an affair, things like, okay, so first off, like, I think Trump has shown us right now that no one cares anymore about that. Like, oh, no, Hillary Clinton had an effect. Oh. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it, I'm, just, I'm not necessarily saying, like, obviously they'll be used for all kinds of things. But I'm saying, like, across the board, there's so many different situations you could use them for to, like, create, make up a story. 
you know, not necessarily about someone I mean, yeah. uh, in particular, but, yeah, but can, about but about like a situation that's representative of something going on between yeah. party politics, can, can things we like can that. See, it could be anything, and that's, that's the what point. I, yeah. And I have a very strong feeling that late next summer, like once we get into like August of 2020, that's when we'll actually start seeing some of these things pop up. Because all it takes is like, like you're saying, just someone with our skill set and malicious intent, right. uh, specifically focused on trying to fool people, we're going to start seeing those videos pop up. Over this a long period of time. Like if, if I think that if um, if we don't know if it's real or not, that's when it's the issue, you know? Because it's yeah. like we just put out a bunch of stuff. Right not, now, not we as a company, but no like, deep fake is realistic enough to so fool me, people. Let me just... Yeah. And also, I just want to point another thing out with the deep fake thing. Deep fake requires an actor... And a set right. and like a camera, like you have to stage the scene ahead of time, like the moon landing or something like that, but, for example. <laughs> and then you have to, then you can deep. Wow. I'm joking. Wow. That's a joke. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like you need, it's not just about like, it's it's not as easy as you think. It's it's literally a production. You have to, to film yeah. a scene with actors and, and a visual effects supervisor and stuff like that, basically. To, let me pose a and question then to you, you, Sam. you put the face on there. So it's like, there's so many fake things in the scene already that are might be easy to point out that I feel like it's still going to be tough. I, I agree right now that's where it's at. I think obviously the technology is going to continue to get better. But if you take, can you pull up this news article? Just just the, just right there, the image that you have of Vladimir Putin, where there's there's two two of them side by side. Now, technically, there are just... different kinds of deep fakes. The one deep fake we've been doing is basically taking a performance and putting it on someone else, yeah. as opposed to just changing an initial performance so that's, to say something. That's else. what I'm mostly concerned about: is the ability to take the same person and change their performance and change the things that they say. And I think that's going to be harder because I think that's yeah, that's like the performance mapping mm-hmm. thing where you are literally. Yeah, so, so that, I feel like that's a whole other thing. Technically, that's not a deep fake, right? But I feel like that's I, I don't know. 2024. I, that's when we'll see. Nico, that I know stuff. Nico's <laughs> all about saying like what technically is or is not a deep fake, but I think we're very quickly approaching deep fake is n- now a term that applies to any sort of uh, manipulation of faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a broad stroke. It's a deep fake if you try to fool someone into thinking someone said as a cultural or did term. Something yeah, like yeah, it's just like, like a hey, he just term. photoshopped yeah. it. Which, yeah, no, exactly. No, technically, use the so, the marquee tool. So, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, here's my here's my prediction. Here's Sam's official prediction. Check this out. All right, okay. deep fakes will be used in the next election, but they will not change people's minds. They will only embolden their pre-existing opinions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, yeah. So, right. yeah. So, yeah. so imagine uh, there's someone who likes to make fun of uh, a Democratic or Republican candidate. They'll they'll get an, an actor, put a wig on, they'll do their little spoof, they'll deep fake the politician's face onto it, and then they'll send it right back to their user base right. who already believes everything they're saying and already believes... It's it's it's, it's no more than a like deeper. The yeah, divide. It's, like, it's like, imagine yeah. we're doing a Hillary or Trump meme. Let's say you, you, you're a right-wing site and you make fun of Hillary every single day. Deep fake her onto another person's body, send it back out to your audience. Same. It's like, it's not going to actually affect anyone's opinions because the only people who are going to believe them or share these things are going to be the people who already are in line with Right, but the, the, the it can also keep of, that's, of still, that that's still dangerous. It, I, yeah, I agree. Oh, it's but but yeah. it's just, I, I, I would say it's just as dangerous as what we already saw, where it's like it's this internet meme culture that affects politics mm-hmm. and yeah, like, could, yeah. making fun of people. Oh, yeah, I don't know. know if it's more dangerous. I'm just saying it's another tool in the malicious man's toolbox. Yeah. You know? To, the to problem be used. is, it's good, yeah, yeah, it's going right. to be like a bunch of really tough right wingers either going after like 
Bernie or whatever going like, oh, look at how much of an idiot Bernie is because he mm-hmm. said all these dumb things. And you're going to have a bunch of lefties on the other hand with probably some fake Trump videos going, oh, look how dumb Trump is. But look this, all the dumb yeah. things he said. And, and, and everyone is going to it's the world's going to be exactly the same. That Trump's is what gonna happened say dumb things, before. Et cetera, et that is what happened right before the 2016 election, not with deep fakes, but with news. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. It's just it's it's. So to go back to what Clint was saying, it's just about how, you know, you're scrolling a feed, you read an article, you see something, you take those two seconds like people did with the Boston Dynamics video, you move on. Mm-hmm. At that point, you know, you're not going to fool everyone, obviously, but if you fool, if your fool success rate is 25%. That's huge. You know? And, and your video got 50 million views, yeah, 25% then, of then that. Now Oof. it's like, that's, that's real damage. So yeah, that's true. What what can be done? <sighs> yeah, and I'm, I'm now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, it's harmless in the sense that like we're already fucked. <laughs> you know that that's that's my method of thinking. Because, yeah, but because what, because in this world like we're in, it's like we're going to be dealing with this now for the rest of eternity. I, I think. think it's going to require a couple of things on the part of like the major media platforms out there. First well, of all, I mean there there are companies that are already making uh, software that specifically identifies yeah. something that is or is not a deep fake, yeah. where it originated from, all sort of like markers that it should exist with yeah. classic videos. What they Adobe released some things yeah. on, on yeah. that too, right? So now. I think I think as this ramps up, we'll also start seeing more security ramp up. But before we change the topics, that's on this, super cool. I think you guys. Actually, I don't want to change topics. No, that's what I'm saying. I want to see. We change I want to see YouTube. I want to see Facebook. I want to see Twitter. Well, what, just like they scan the stuff for like profanity or content like that, they need to scan for fake stuff and have they'll have little markers and flags. So that was on what it. I was going to suggest, okay. Sam. Is the the AI? You know that the AI technology that they're using currently is not being used nearly to the extent that it could be. You know, well, that's getting detect. way smarter every Cause, month. Because yeah, that and also verified profiles. Posting, yeah. like say, say, say the algorithm, the el- and I know that this makes it harder for individuals, and this is where the catch twenty two comes in because Man. the the algorithms should literally be only promoting news and content to from verified from verified channels. Yeah, but then at the same time, it's very hard to become a verified channel if you're a start out person, start out creator, start out contributor. Uh-huh. So you know that's the catch twenty two, but. You there, know, I feel like no matter what, the the talent will find its way through. You know, like mm-hmm. so, I'm not as concerned about that. But like, I think that's the only way to you need you need like some human manual review with say like, okay, verify this channel manually. Then only verified channels get bumped, and then that helps curb some of it. But isn't there a difference between a news channel and an entertainment channel? Because like, what what's to stop the the say the algorithm from uh, deciding oh, between man. like a deep fake on the news and a deep fake for our Tom Cruise thing. Totally. You know, so like, where's the line on that? Right. Dude, I think you just accidentally hit on a really deep question because it's like all news the state these days are not, they're, it's, they're not news networks, they're entertainment channels. That's what they are these days. It's, yeah. yeah. But, okay. Well, that's we... a good question. You're right. You're right, though. But that, <laughs> who says the, who, uh, Sorry. Um, Sorry, Red. No, but uh, moving on. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, statement. my point is, uh, sorry, I'm trying to segue into getting Nico in here. Because, we'll get him in here. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get him in here. But no, I'm sure this he is has dope. some this is a opinions on, Yeah, I feel like we should keep going things. here, and then we should bring once once this conversation sort of tones down, then we should call in Nico and have him come in here too. Okay, I, cool. I think I think I think it sounds good to me. <laughs> I think one of the biggest, my biggest concerns are reading about the people who have to do the manual reviews at YouTube and Facebook and Twitter who are taking down the PTSD all the content uh, that we don't see. 
Oh God, yeah. And I've been reading about this stuff, and it is it is the most horrifying what thing in the entire world. What do you think? What do you mean? Do you Facebook. Mean? It, okay, so first off, these people are well, the, the people at Facebook, anyways, who have to review all the content that is like child pornography and like gore and <sighs> oh, stuff like geez, that. Dude, they they to combat that they've they open up these giant offices of people who just have to do the manual like review of all posts basically getting flagged and reported and stuff like that mm-hmm. make the decisions whether to take it down or not these are jobs that didn't exist years ago but they do now and what from what i'm reading it's like the working conditions are terrible they're like super super stressful and then on top of all that basically you have to watch child porn and gore all day God. and so what are we turning these people into it's like what is going on i'm just Dude. it is it is the most horrifying thing in the world and the faster we can get ai to take that place yeah of these people the more healthy the human per- race that is, is going to be. That is a perfect known. solution for AI to take care of in the future. Well, I mean, hopefully it can. But the problem is, is, is we have these companies now that like are in this position where they have to do this. Thing. Oh, they they, they have, have to. to do they this. Absolutely have to. And there's to. no other way than by sending hundreds of people into these little cubicles to watch the world's worst, worst. images for like eight hour, eight to twelve hours a day. And it is like, and it's like, Dang. you think drone operators in Vegas have it bad, dropping bombs and stuff. It's like, no way, man. Like, no, <laughs> I, that's probably way easier to come home from than these guys at Facebook. So, crazy, right? Dude, they need to, like, do some. <laughs> that is crazy. Spa yeah. and, like, like, chill and. Yeah. <laughs> when just not, we, we spa, like, 24 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, and then go to Facebook, and then you just, like, watch, just, like. Because that, like, I always, I always think that, like, you know, probably cops have really hard jobs because they deal with the worst of humanity on a regular basis. But this is is deliberately dealing with the worst of humanity. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not just like, oh, this person did this; it came up. Now here's all the other people that are normal. No, here's here's intentionally. We need you to look at this. Yeah, they have to watch every single New Zealand shooter video, every single jihad beheading, every single like God knows what. But anyways. I'm going to stop talking about this. Okay. It's stressing me out. We're already, de- this video is already demonetized. De- demonized. <laughs> demonized. <laughs> demonized. All right. Well, should we bring Nico in here to talk about his take on deep fakes? Yeah, no, I'd be really curious to hear it. So I will watch this podcast later. <laughs> All right, Ren. Bye, Ren. Thanks, for, thanks for listening, everyone. All right. And three, two, one. I'm Nico. What a cut. What <laughs> an edit. Demonized. Demonized. You just got demonized. (laughs) Your video has been deemed demonized. (laughs) 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 The Infernal Speak. (laughs) Don't you dare speak that infernal tongue at me. <laughs> All right, so Nico, to catch you up, we started we started with uh, the Boston Dynamics video, that led into like this sense of like how um, things get photocopied and mm-hmm. things get taken out of context. How that, if with with done with malicious intent, that can create fake news. And then now, what's upcoming? A new a new thing that's sort of similar. What the possibilities are with deep fakes? Ah. and so we kind of went through that. Now, bringing you in, we can just start with, like, okay, Nico, you know a lot more about deepfakes than a few of us since you just did a whole thing on it. So tell us, like, what the process was like maybe creatively, and then, like, we can get into the some, some, some sort of the bigger picture stuff after that. Great. 
Okay, cool. And three. Actually, Dean, I don't want you to cut this part. Three, two. <sighs> Hi, Dean. One. Hi, Dean. Hi, Nico. You doing a little bit of Joe Rogan style countdown? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> just, just, there's gonna be a little snip there where he leaves and you. We come don't in. mention. We don't mention his name. We don't, we we don't, don't say we, Joe. We don't say what happened. Joseph Rogish. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Uh, uh, Ro, so, Joe. Yeah, we're talking about deepfakes. We're talking about the implications of deepfakes. But I, fir- I think first before we get into that, it would be cool to hear from you, like creatively, what it was like creating this first video that we just put out, and yeah. then sort of where you think the technology is at. Right. For sure. So I'm assuming that most people listening to this podcast have probably seen on the Corridor Crew channel and most of our Instagrams that we have this deep take Hopefully video. Subscribe, guys. Tom Cruise, yeah. Yeah, if you're not subscribed, consider doing that. But um, yeah, so there's an idea I've had for a long time that I've been wanting to do, which is to hire a celebrity impersonator and put a deep faked face on them. Because it's one thing to do effectively a mask, put a mask on somebody, a face swap. It's another thing to have the voice and the mannerisms and the costume and Really, the voice at the end of the day, that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. I know there's like some early stages, like voice synthesizing tools, but even then, like, you're not going to have nuance over performance. You know, like the the moment where Evan, the impersonator, is telling me to untuck my shirt, like, you can't fake that. Yeah. Could you please untuck your shirt? (laughs) It's making me uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Um, not to mention, you know, being able to play off each other. It's the same reason you recorded Boston Dynamics with Clint actually in the shot. You know, you need to have human beings acting off each other yeah. mm-hmm. unless like you want zero spontaneity in your scenes anyways um so yeah i had this idea to do this celebrity impersonator deepfake for a long time now two years ago or so is when like the first deepfake stuff came out like before that there's an academic paper where somebody basically wrote you know here's how you can train an ai to recognize facial patterns and if you've ever seen like google's deep dream or other things like that you know, basically somebody boiled down like how our, how our visual processing works, which is you see, you know, black and white, you see color, you see shapes, you see lines, you see form, and then these eventually get turned into symbols in your brain. And the symbols basically are used for communication. Everything mm-hmm. from as simple as, oh, that's a phone or a cup to everything as complicated as, oh, the car is moving towards me at this speed. You know, that, that's right. all just coming down from shape recognition and tonal recognition and that kind of stuff. And so if you step away and you abstract it all, you can do the same thing with a computer. It can recognize tones and shapes and forms and patterns, um, especially with a neural network, and you can kind of train that. And so just like how we can recognize faces, people, you know, basically these people at a university kind of figured out the same thing, and that's when the first, like, deep fakes were invented. Now, these papers are published. The algorithms are published. And, you know, it's not like somebody's just sitting there with a nice, ready-to-go program. You know, you just have an algorithm. Now, like, somebody out there has to sit down and do the work of turning it into a program. Yeah. And so somebody actually did that back in the day. Uh, and that's where, like, the term deep fakes comes from. Um, it's from, like, this early soft, excuse me, software that people had made, or I think it's just a guy. The problem is, it was, like, the... <laughs> it was the roughest, like, most basic program you've ever seen. Like, you had to have a very specific driver version installed for your GPU. You had to have a very specific CUDA like environment installed a very specific visual basic environment installed so like basically you had to have your computer frozen at that point in time to ever use the program well <laughs> and so if you didn't have that specific gpu with that specific driver and that specific visual or you know microsoft.net framework all installed in that machine in a very specific way you couldn't run the program um so needless to say very few people made deep fakes um and just recently another guy i think his name's igor could be wrong uh, came out with a program called Deep Face Lab, 
which is using the same algorithms. People have had worked on the algorithms since then. People like, you know, instead of doing a half face, which is from like the bottom of the lips to the top of the eyebrows, and they do, you know, full face now, which goes all the way down to the chin. Uh, you know, that was a new algorithm, for example, that somebody just basically made it bigger than the other one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, there's other little tweaks and quirks, and, you know, somebody's added, you know, uh, color matching, and somebody else mat- added like edge blurring. And, you know, so all these little things have been added in to the program. And there's other programs out there too. I think there's one called like face to face. I guess deep face is another one. Um, but deep face lab is in my opinion, currently the easiest to use, the most accessible. And what it does well is you don't need to have a very specific driver and .NET framework and stuff installed. You can, you can run that on any NVIDIA card. And even if you don't have an NVIDIA card, there's versions you can run. Um, so the way all this technology works and I guess the reason it needs your GPU is it's basically you're going to feed your computer a bunch of images of a human face, ideally of one human face. And your computer is then going to basically break these apart in GPU into like tonal regions and shape regions and stuff like that and just try to start understanding the pattern. Not related, like it doesn't know what a face is. It's just going to learn patterns. And the nice thing is, is let's say, so we did Tom Cruise. You know, I give it 5,000 pictures of Tom Cruise's face. That's how much you have to give it because you need a smile, you need a frown, you need a smile from the left, a smile from the right. You know, all those different poses you can make with your face, you need that from all angles, so you end up with a lot of images. And you feed it into the computer, and the computer starts looking at these images, trying to learn them. It's kind of like as if I were to look at Clint, like just look at him and then turn away and try to draw a picture of him. And at first glance, I might look at him and be like, okay, he has two eyes. One nose, a mouth, <laughs> and believe it or not, a beard. <laughs> I look back at Clinton like, that was correct, but uh, I drew his eyes too big. I drew his nose the wrong way. I drew his mouth the wrong way. So I'm going to go back and like refine this a little bit. Okay, let me look at Clint again. I'm like, let me look at my drawing again. Okay, these changes I made made it closer to Clint. And that's one of the key things here is the computer needs to be able to take these synthesized images compared to the real thing and see how good it's doing. And so like with the Tom Cruise faces... You know, look, it takes one of the faces, it's been going through them and kind of studying them, and then tries to replicate it. And it looks at the replicated face and it compares it to the ground truth, as it's called, the actual original face. Mm-hmm. And it says, well, how close are they? The things I did, did I, does it, does it match more? It's just doing a basic difference calculation, right? And if the answer is yes, the things you did made it match more, good. Keep doing those things. If the things you did make it match less, stop doing those things. And it just does that over and over and over and over hundreds of thousands like of times. Like computers do. Like computers do. And little by little, it learns. It learns what made it look more accurate versus what made it look less accurate. So you do that for your actor's face, the, the face you're going to create the mask out of. You need to do a similar thing for your destination face, the face you're going to put the mask on. Just because the computer is going to need to understand, oh, okay, the destination face is smiling. And I know what the actor's smiling face is look, looking like. Now I can recognize what the destination face is looking like in terms of like, oh, it's smiling or it's looking to the left. Hmm. I know how to recreate that already. So now I can put the two together and generate a new synthesized face. And at the end, it's like, it's not actually like that crazy technology. It's just an application of a thing that computers can do now these days, which is you have a GPU, which can do billions of calculations very quickly, basic calculations, but it can do those basic calculations. So if you can break down a task into billions of basic calculations, well, then you can generate for example, a face. But you can also do it with other things. You can make a tree generator. You can make a cloud generator. You can make a image denoiser. All these things kind of boil down to the same thing, which is pattern recognition. Like, for example, someone did a, uh, an image denoiser where all you had to do was take an, an image from a spot with the same camera, take one without grains, so like, say, do a long exposure at night on a street, 
and then do the same picture with grain and then give that to the computer. The computer looks at it and goes, okay, so this is what it looks like without grain and this is what it looks like with grain and I can use pattern recognition to understand that this grainy part should actually look like this not grainy part. So then you can grab a new grainy, noisy picture from the same camera, feed it to the computer and it goes, oh yeah, I, I know what it's supposed to look like without grain now. You mean it's like so many plugins <laughs> yes. that uh, we use. <laughs> it is, but it's, it's a little bit different in that you're training it first. Like a lot of plugins we use, like our denoisers that we use are basically looking at the same frame or like the same spot of a frame over a couple of different points in time to kind of figure out what it's supposed to be. But what we're getting with AI now is that you're teaching the computer. It's learning. I mean, that's why it's called artificial intelligence. It's not just a, a plug and play math function. It's an actual thing that changes based on what it's learned. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have to understand that learning to us, to a human being, is a vastly more complicated system of learning than it is to a computer. Um, you know, learning to a computer is basic things like, I'll do this routine, I'll measure the output. It has to be simple, measurable outputs, and then you can have it lean one way or the other. Um, I actually took... So when I went to college, I studied a little bit of computer science, and there was one class I really wanted to take, which was uh, Introduction to Artificial Intelligence. To take that class, you had to take two semesters of calculus. By that point, I wasn't a computer science major anymore. I was an art major. But I really wanted to take that AI class. So I took two semesters <laughs> of calculus <laughs> so I could take that AI class. And it was actually really, really useful and really interesting. Um, at the end of the, the semester, you had to do a project where you had to make some sort of AI-based thing. Some people made a, like a image recognition thing. Some guy made like a game where you could play Mario just by like moving your body. Mm. You know, and it's all basic stuff where it's like, oh, the computer learns that you're facing it or you're leaning left or you're leaning right. You know, basic, basic image functions. And what we did is we made, made the game Moncala. Um, Moncala is kind of like an African version of like chess or checkers. Basically, you have pockets with beads in them and you're trying to lift up the number of beads and you place one in each pocket as you move towards the end pocket and you want to drop your last bead in the end pocket to get a point. Mm. Whoever has like the most points at the end of the game basically wins. The nice thing about Moncala is that it's, um, I forget the term here, but it's basically, it's a game that has very specific branched functions where it's like you can either move this or you can move this and that leaves you with two new states. And then from those new states, you can do this or you can do this. And that leaves you with two more new states. So it's almost like a tree of decisions. It's not like suddenly halfway through, we like somebody drops a bomb and the board blows up and all the pieces get randomized. You know, yeah. it's a very specific decision tree. And chess is the same way. Uh, the problem with like trying to teach a computer chess where like, so the most basic form for an AI for that, the computer just, pro it just runs the decision tree as deep as it can. It's like, okay, if I did this move, what happens? Okay, if I did this move, what happens? If I did this move, what happens? Okay, but if I did this move and then I did this move afterwards, what happens? The problem with like chess, for example, is you have like, I forget how many pieces you have. It's something like 24 pieces or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's 24 times 24 times 24 times 24? Like suddenly it becomes an impossible number to calculate. Like three moves into chess for every piece, it suddenly becomes something like a computer can't handle. It's just too many decisions. So you have to start shaping it where it's like, look, you don't need to measure dumb decisions. Hey, does this decision get your like queen taken? Yeah, don't continue down that decision tree. So you start pruning your decision tree. Mm -hmm. um, and these things, you start, I think the term for them is heuristics. I could be slightly wrong, but uh, you basically start influencing it with kind of shaped things. So this Moncala game we made, so where I'm going with this is that we had a grad student on our team. Most most projects in, in like school, you don't get lucky enough to have like a grad student on your side, <laughs> but we had a grad student on our side. So we built a basic Moncala game, right? Where it's like, you run the decision tree as deep as you can. It was like, you could go six decisions in. It's good. 
and you can add some extra things like, oh, does this at the end of these six decisions, you may not be at the end of, you know, you may not know who wins or lose, but do you have more points or less points? You know, so there's a way to measure a decision. Is it good or is it not good? Do you have more points or less points? Or are you set up now to do a couple more moves that will give you points? Like, so you can measure these things, um, but you don't quite know how to weight it, right? Like how yeah. important is it to be strategically set up versus how important is it to have more points? Mm-hmm. And so this grad student being extra smart and knowing way more about this than any of us, <laughs> he sets up a, an option here where we have this game and he has it run this game thousands of times on all the computers in the computer science building at night when no one's using them. Started farming. <laughs> he did a whole AI farm <laughs> on this. And basically what he did is he added like a variable to each one of these values. Like, so you have your, do I end up with more points? And he had a variable to it, right? That would weight it. So the final thing would have a weight of like, how important is it to have more points? How important is it to be more set up? How important is it to have like less pieces in these parts? You know, it's like, and he added just like an X, Y, Z variable to that. And that would be randomly shifted, randomly weighted. And this is where the learning comes in. Because the computer's not learning when it just does a decision tree. That's basic logic. Anybody can do that. You can do that with a pen and paper. The learning comes in where the computer looks at it and goes like, okay, I'm going to apply a value of 5% to points. It's important to have points. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now I'm going to apply a value of 10%. I'm going to apply a value of 15%. Which one of those is now going to give giving me the most victories? Oh, 5% is. Okay, now I've learned. It's only 5% important to consider points. And that's, that's what this guy did is... He basically did this for all the variables, for all the different things that you could possibly have in the program, ran it on thousands of computers, and little by little, the formula honed in the most optimized AI to play Moncala. And so currently, I think I still have it, probably the best AI Moncala ever made. <laughs> and it can beat any other Moncala game we could find. Like I went online, I tried any Flash game we could find, it could beat everything because i don't think anyone else has ever wasted as much time programming among call ai <laughs> but that's when i understood learning and ai learning and that's not so much like how we view the world it's a much more simple version of just repeating a task and then measuring the outcome and repeating the task and measuring the outcome and repeating the task and measuring the outcome and mm-hmm. you know that's kind of how it is with deep fakes you're just learning little patterns and you're putting them down and you're repeating the task and measuring the outcome until you end up with something that looks like your ground truth so yeah it's it's crazy it's like at one hand, it's complicated, but on another hand, it's so natural. Like, we're so familiar with this world that, like, it's not complicated. So how far are we from being able to do this, like, with the, with have it be built into your OS on your phone? I think, th- well, that's a good question because you have to train it first. Yeah. Um, now, once you've trained it, you could have the model built in. Like, so ex- <laughs> right now we have a very good Tom Cruise deepfake model and I could grab a video of you, Jake, and I could slap Tom Cruise's face on you and it would look pretty good in about an hour. Versus like, <laughs> it took about four or five days to train the model <laughs> on just in general. But now that it's trained, I could put it on you pretty quickly. I would need to train it on your face so it right. knows where your eyes are and what your mouth looks like. Because mm-hmm. maybe it thinks your mustache is your lips. It, it doesn't know until it practices on your face a little bit. Right. Um, so theoretically, it could just be built into your phone or your OS, but it would need to be trained first. Um, I, f- I think that kind of stuff actually happens with Siri on your phone. Like... Siri starts to attune herself. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but this is based on my experience. Siri starts to attune herself or himself, if you haven't said to the guy, to your voice. So I can be next to my wife, and I can say, hey, Siri, and only my phone turns on, and hers doesn't. Really? Because it's been trained yeah. over time, little by little, to understand the difference in our voices. I mean, we could try it right now. That's got to be the case, because when they first introduced Google Home and stuff, and when mm-hmm. they first introduced, they weren't that good. 
No, they weren't. Remember when we first got the like the the original Google Home? Yeah. And you could barely do anything. And then like uh, three months later, we tried it again, and it was way more advanced. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> this thing. That's crazy. So I'm going to do a little test here. I have Sam's phone. I have my phone. Do you, Sam, do you have your Hey Siri turned on? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey Siri. There it is. My phone turned on. Sam's didn't. Wow. Hey Siri. What? <laughs> what? Oh, and then Sam's phone turned on and mine didn't. So whoa. Siri has actually been trained to your voice little by little. It's just happening in the background. But don't think, don't, it's, that's something that happens on launch, though. I thought you give it like a little bit of a, a voice print, right, when you... Maybe. I, think I don't pr- think so. I don't really? think so. Okay. But every Wait. time you're doing it, you're giving it Do a voice Do it again. Print. Try and sound like Sam. Hey, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> it, it worked. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It didn't work. Here, wait, let's try this. Clint, say it. We'll hold up both our phones. You say it, and let's see if either of our phones turn on. I don't know if Siri turned on. No, no, you just say it to our phones. Oh, let's see if... ready, ready, Sam? Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. That's probably me. your... I got Christians. <laughs> Christians. I got Christians. <laughs> yeah. Just for what it's worth, my, me and Sam are sitting two feet away from okay, Claire. Here. Christians One across more. the room. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. There goes Christians again. Right, Jake's turn. Hey Siri. Hey Siri. Here, here's how I say it. I go. I have a downward inflection. Hey Siri. So try it like that. Okay, with that inflection. Hey Siri. Hey Siri. Just got mine. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it, it might be reading nice. it from an initial OS setup. I never, thing, I never did a patternization. For no, no, no. iOS nine. Yeah, it's it, you train. You, you, I think you basically just go, "Hey Siri, Hey Siri, Hey Siri," like two or three times right when you start it up, and uh, it takes that as the, the initial voice print. Probably, I would imagine that it builds off of that. But I'm, okay, I don't think it's automatic. That's crazy. There's definitely. Well, either way, I think it's pretty clear that there's definitely deep learning. Yeah, going on. And with, it's great. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be very. We, we were talking about how a perfect application for stuff like that is these uh, these takedown videos. Because mm-hmm. right now, Sam was saying how there's just so many people that are just physically watching these things and how draining it is to watch all this horrible content. Mm-hmm. I mean, the better that deep AI gets, that's that's a perfect application for it, right there. Yeah, it's just to I be mean, like, nope, not did, nope. Did you watch Silicon Valley? Yeah, yeah, I've seen every episode. Yeah. Do you remember that scene where the guy like makes the hot dog recognizer? Yeah. But then he needs to go through and train it and like recognize hot dogs. It instead only of recognizes hot dog. <laughs> and so he ends up having to sit there and like look at all these pictures and tell it whether or not it's a hot dog or a penis. So he just likes to look at thousands of pictures of penises. <laughs> yeah. There you have it. <laughs> that's that's AI in a nutshell. Jin Yang. <laughs> Damn you, Jin Yang. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about deepfake technology because at the same time, people like act like deep fakes are like oh it's gonna change the world politicians are gonna like be framed for things it's like that's not quite how it works that's the dramatic version the framed for things the dramatic version the like slightly tweaking people's thoughts is the is the real version that's That's what we were talking about is it's like Mm. you it can be used to embolden people's current beliefs rather than introduce them to new views right i think you know? i think actually like, that, i saw this video that reaffirms everything i already believe about this person but it's fake but it's fake i don't care that it is i didn't take the time to figure that out yeah. i'm one of the 25 percent of people who just scrolled past it made my opinion and then moved on and now it's reinforcing my belief which mm-hmm. is perpetuating me down a road of non-truth exactly and i, I think i think that's the key here actually I th- i've never really thought of it this way but i I think it, 
something just clicked for me. I think it's that incremental change that, mm-hmm. that the small, nearly invisible incremental like steering of one's thoughts plants that a is, seed. It's, yeah. it's 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 almost not even a, I mean, it's like the grain of sand thing or it's like chinese water torture version where it's yeah. a droplet at a time yeah no one droplet is is the end of the world but yeah it's not like so for example you know you, you have a deep fake of president trump saying we declare war on north korea it's like you know everyone doesn't just take off in their planes you know what i mean that's not that dangerous to be honest like yeah. those huge big ones but it's that idea of small subtle changes you know the things it's the same thing that like all social networks right now are facing when it comes to like how they handle content how they handle censorship how they handle who gets demonetized or flagged or not like that and like the whole social culture surrounding it mm-hmm. so i think that's 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 definitely the, the the weirdest scariest part because it's a little it's kind of invisible still yeah it's like this invisible critical mass that well, it's sort of leading well, well leading you, to the um yeah. Your your example of we declare war, right? And then people from North Korea see that, and they're like, "Why? What? What?" <laughs> and they're like, maybe for a split second, they're gearing their minds to like, "About time, let's go!" And and then they find out, "Oh no, no, it's fake, it's fake!" And they're like, "Oh, I was ready." The thing is, deepfakes don't let you do that. Like deepfakes, yeah, I know, I know, are but mask. Just, I know the just the idea of it though is like where you in your mind you're ready to go for a second, but then you realize it's fake, and you're like, "Oh." Oh, it's like yeah. it's like you save up for something. You're gonna buy a new car. Yeah. You save up, and then it's like, I was ready to buy it. Like, oh, but I'm not gonna buy it because a new car came out. But like, I was ready to buy it. I might as well just do it. I was ready. I'm just I'm seeing so many people use deep fakes as just a catch-all term for like faking somebody else. Yeah, right. And I think it's it's just worth. Be, I like I'm a technical guy. I like to be specific. I want to get technical here. Deep fakes are only when you take somebody else's face, basically generate a mask. And put it onto a new person. So, like for example, there's a video going around of uh, Obama saying, or like basically they took a, a I think was it Key or Peel? I think it was Jordan Peel. He had like Keegan he, does an Obama impression. One of them had done like an Obama impression, and they had Obama actually saying it. And I was like, "Whoa, look at this deep fake!" Like that's not a deep fake. That's performance retargeting. If it was a deep fake, you'd either put Jordan Peel's face on Obama, or you put Obama's face on Jordan Peel. It would still be Jordan Peel's body. body or Obama's body with oh, one, one of the other Hill, person's yeah. face. So this is not a deep fake that we're looking at here because that's per, it's, this is called performance retargeting, where they're making basically doing a two-dimensional right. morph so that, of Obama. So yeah, that's but this is this is arguably going to be the thing that emboldens people more to believe what they currently believe, even if it's wrong, yes. than actual deep fakes. Yes, and this in so what's going on here is it's a similar thing that it's like pattern recognition. But you have this source of Obama, and he's in all these different poses with all these different, like, mouth shapes, right? And as uh, Jordan Peele is doing his performance, the computer's basically going in and finding the little snippets from Obama that match that. It's like, okay, here he's smiling, or here his mouth is in an O shape, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's taking that, just that little bit, and using that little puzzle piece for that little spot. And, like, and then, okay, now his eyebrow, he's, he blinks here. So it goes through the video, looks for where Obama has blinked. And similar thing, use that as a little puzzle piece for that little spot. And yeah. deep fakes are similar, but this right. is this is literally just taking footage of Obama, breaking it out into little puzzle pieces of everything, and then reassembling those puzzle pieces based on a new pattern, which is different than a deep fake, which is basically taking out somebody's face, effectively turning it into puzzle pieces, but then putting that on top of a new face after learning the structure of it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Wait, there's another little clip. There was like these 
girls tearing up a gun gun range target and then someone just like comps the constitution onto it so they're tearing that apart instead right, but this goes Never to show again. you that, like that's that's so that's one of the girls from the florida uh, shooting yeah so but that's what i'm saying though like how many people believed that that was the thing oh, where I'm it was sure actually the constitution Instead of it looks a, real. I don't know how target. I did that. It looks really but this good. is just After Effects compositing. Like this technology has been around for twenty years. Yeah, right. It's really exactly. good composite. But it's like this is the thing where it's like this idea of incremental, where it's like incremental control and incremental like steering, so to speak. Where it's like you, you already are le far left or far right, and you see something that supports your views, and you, you just kind of get that one extra bump in that direction. Yeah. It's not gonna. It's not like gonna completely go like, oh my god. President Trump ran around naked. No way. It just yeah. I'm never voting for him. It, just further, it further reinforces that one of the most important things we could be teaching in school right now is critical thinking. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like this is this is the thing that Captain Disillusion always talks about. I know like he's like he acknowledges that his videos are often like nitpicky sometimes on VFX, but he's really pointing out it's about skepticism and critical thought. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm honestly shocked and kind of saddened by how many people thought the Boston Dynamics video was real because it does not take that much critical thinking to figure out that it's not. It might look 100% convincing, but the moment some dude takes out a gun and starts shooting it in the room, if you still think it's fake by that time, and or sorry, if you still think it's real by the time, after that scene finishes and you still think it's real, you should really stop for a second and, and think about how, how willing you are to just take the world at face value. Because the world, what you see is really not what's going on, and you need to be skeptical with your things. You need to take time and apply critical thought. Because anybody can say anything, and just because it's written down doesn't mean it's true. And if you're just seeing somebody shooting a gun at a robot, you're like, oh, yeah, that's real. You need to pause and think about the rest of your life and how yeah, much just but assuming we all, is real. We all make that. That all happens to us from time to time. You know, Maybe it's like Saturday morning and you're hungover. Maybe it's like... Uh, whatever you know like you're yeah. maybe you're at a baseball game maybe you're like at a party maybe you know there's so many different circumstances it's not like it's not like every moment of every day you're your most self-conscious like it's not like you're, the, you're your best self every time you see a piece of information that's true you know that's and so true. there is a there is a responsibility i think on the part of like the major social media platforms to continue to improve the way that information gets presented to people right now Clearly, it's there's some there's some gaping holes, and if 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 it can be improved through like verified channels and the algorithm learning more, and over time, I think that's the only direction that we can go in. I would, yeah. I'd agree, and once again, YouTube's leading the way on that. Well, also, I mean, the thing is, is that they Nico, a, a small, a, potentially a counterpoint to what you said of like, oh, you see a guy shooting a gun at a robot, you should know this is fake. Like, yes, it's feasible. If if, if well, it's it's also. That is the way we designed the video, actually, which was to basically hold the viewer's hands for every step of the way. From when we start out, trying to keep it unassuming. Mm -hmm. Just a robot. Next shot. It's just a robot doing basic Boston Dynamics things. Like, basically, there's one extra smack with a hockey stick, but that's already in Boston Dynamics videos. Mm -hmm. And so each shot tries to, like, do the... Because, like, the original idea was uh, uh, the robot goes rogue in, like, shot two, and the whole video is about it being rogue. And we were like, wait a second. No, like, that should be, like, the, the cherry on top is, is like, fighting back and going rogue. The rest of it is completely unassuming and building to that. Just, like, with each piece perfectly interlocking, it's like, okay, you can hit it with the box, you can hit it with the chair, you can hit it with a, a bottle. But at that point, we've already smacked it with, like, a half dozen totally average things that when you break the bottle over it like maybe yeah if you're if you are paying attention that's the joke that mm -hmm. is the joke mm -hmm. but at the same time for us to keep it quote unquote realistic 
It's just that puzzle piece over that building block. So that by the time the gun comes out, you're like, like I, yeah. Every step, <laughs> but kind a, of made sense. And so a, now there's a belief retention that slowly you know, goes down yeah. over time. Yeah, right? ideally, but ideally, to, to yeah. like that. At least that's what the thought was when we wrote it. Was like. This is funny. Like, this is super funny. The, the chair out of the corner <laughs> is like the chair. <laughs> the chair <laughs> this is my favorite moment. Then it's Weichmann with the chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm yeah. So I, there's the thing is, is that we were kind of working against people's like I guess suspension of disbelief, um, or no, not suspension of. Yeah, uh, we were, suspension we were working disbelief. towards their suspension of disbelief. Oh. You know what I mean? When can it break? Like, like, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, 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 yeah, we're just trying not to go like fake, like too loudly, you know? And yeah. if we say fake, we're just like, fake. You're yeah. like the frog in boiling water oh, yeah, where it starts off like, room temperature and yeah. you slowly turn up the heat and the frog doesn't realize it's boiling until it's too late, which by the way, actually doesn't happen. Frogs know it's hot. <laughs> they jump out before they boil. <laughs> if they can. If they can, if you don't put the lid on. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, well, okay, I'm joking. Does anyone else have anything else to say about this before we close these matters, before we adjourn? Um, Critical thinking. There we go. Thinking. I think that's a that's a dope point. That's a good point. A dope ass point. I just say, if you guys are following the Corridor channel, um, you're going to see an exploration of this. Ideally, in the next month or so. And, well, we've already uh, been doing it. Mm-hmm. Primitive tech and all these other videos were kind of like build up. Build other up to that. other things they should teach in school: uh, personal finance. Oh my god, dude! Why small not business taxes? and taxes? Hey, <sighs> also like your... business. How to how to like communicate? Yeah, like yeah. small business communications, oh taxes, god, personal dude. finance. Do you guys Please. think they should teach gun safety in school? Absolutely. Why not be more aware? Like, dude, yeah. everything. Just be aware of everything. Yeah. Why not? I don't know if you can like give them guns right away, but like start with you, like airsoft guns. What are you, you know? carrying today? And maybe just like just basic gun safety. Have a even if it's yeah. not a real gun. Yeah, there's, I would admit there's things that are far more important than that, and I wouldn't say like, hey, let's pass legislation to do that. Right, right. Over right. over way more important things. But if you're talking about an, an ideal situation where you can teach anything and everything, and it's it could be an elective. Mm-hmm. Like, um, well, I, I, see, I see what you're saying. I think the thing is, is not to interrupt, but I think no, also like when you look at, all right, we're looking at physical education, we're looking at math or history or all these variants of that. You know, like math is the precursor to learning to do taxes. Still, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. obviously there's more advanced versions and reading and English and things like that and physical education being a precursor to learning how to shoot guns i guess it's more of a machine shop kind of class I feel like. <laughs> it really that, is. that's more that's better that's a better precursor that and chemistry are uh, uh no physics and chemistry are precursors <laughs> to gun safety but i was, <laughs> I was, I was going i was going through will uh instagram the other day and he said one of the greatest threats to the world is fear and i think that absolutely yeah. will smith uh, uh one of the greatest one of the greatest problems just called greatest, him will Will, Will Smith. Will. Will Smith. Well, I mean, we're friends now. I, no, I said Will Smith. <laughs> oh, I didn't I say started, Will. I was going through Will's Instagram yesterday. Like, oh, Will. I said, I said Will's, and then I think I like restarted Will Smith. Yeah. Do you think um, his friends call him Bill? Hey, Bill. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Bill. Billiam. Billy. But anyway, what he was saying was one of the greatest threats is fear, and I think that absolutely applies in a number of of circumstances. And I think firearms is just another category in that. Yeah. yeah just be aware of everything. Just the, be aware. The other thing too is like we're. This wasn't like it this when we were in high school, but at this point now, the internet has changed in a way where everybody's everybody's just constantly regurgitating information because that's how you 
that's how you're ranked on Google. Like if your art news article is new, you're going to get views versus if it's old. Mm -hmm. So what happens is every just in this churn of constantly rewriting stuff and things aren't really researched anymore. It's just, it's literally some 20 year old kid intern grabs an old article, bangs out another one by adding some extra words and then posts it. And that happens a year again later, happens a year later, happens a year later. And we're at this point now where there's like just a constant churn of fluff online where people are just constantly writing stuff like i've seen like when people post about our videos for example they've never called us they never did any research they just like flesh out two or three just fluff paragraphs well before before cnn (laughs) 24-hour news didn't exist not a single article it wasn't it wasn't a concept it wasn't like hey where can i constantly find news information it's like well before that people would go well there's no new information to talk about so wait until this time yeah that's true not a single person not 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 a single article that was written about the boston dynamics video which there's there's a couple dozen of them at this point uh none of them reached out for any further information or anything actually from the source which is very interesting so basically everything they said was basically pure speculation maybe they just thought it was that russian guy pure speculation or obvious like just obvious facts that are then like they're in a warehouse worded out to sound more robust but I think the point of making that is like there's no authority on information anymore. The only authority is your own critical thinking. Wow. All right, that's it, guys. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some authority on information, but you're right. It's not the way that it used to be for sure. I mean, we say there's authority on information. You're right. There's some authority, but only if like only if the actual sources and data are there. Like, right. The Spanish, like the main Spanish news network thought the Boston Dynamics video was real. They like didn't Univision? even bother. No, no, not not Mexican. Like Spain. Oh, okay. Spain. Like yeah. they didn't even bother to read Boss Town Dynamics in the corner. They didn't even catch that. They thought it was a Boston Dynamics video. Well, I knew that the, the behind the, the scenes day. the behind the scenes was on the news. No, they put the like they posted the actual video and they were talking about it in the middle of the day saying like Boston Dynamics is abusing robots in their laboratory. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> and once again, like it's clearly like it's some like twenty something year old person is just sitting there like, Oh, I gotta bang out a story real quick, talk about this. And like yeah, drum up some anti-robot sentiment. Yeah, they spent thirty <laughs> seconds doing the research, and then that, that'll get views. <laughs> it's like if, if that's those were like the guardians' information twenty years ago, and that's what you're getting now is people just it's just a YouTube channel at this point. People are just churning out content as fast as they can. Like it's funny. That's yeah. super funny. It's yeah, crazy. That's, that's hilarious. It's. It's funny, but it's also sad at the same time. Well, if you guys want to have a positive takeaway from this podcast, it's that the word heuristic means enabling a person to discover or learn something for themselves. Hey! I like that word, heuristic. H-E-U-R-I-S-T-I-C. We are signing off.